You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest White Sox chat. We're going to bring in Scott Merkin, as we do each week. And Merck, uh, obviously, since we last spoke, uh, we talked a bit about the rumors surrounding the White Sox and James Shields last week. And uh, since then, we've got an actual deal. Uh, Shields will make his first start for the Sox on Wednesday night. Tell me about this acquisition and what it means for the rotation. You know, I think it's a good move. Uh, it's an addition where they got a guy who is, what, nine straight years of at least 200 innings pitched, at least 30 starts and at least double-digit or double-digit victories. I don't know if you, I don't think anyone's ever gotten triple-digit victories, so I think we can leave at least out of that one. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, they don't need him to be a top-of-the-rotation guy as he was in his prime at Tampa or anything like that. They just need him to be a consistent starter that can go deep into games, and it's going to help the starting rotation. It's going to help the bullpen, and it should help the team overall. And then the best thing is, you know, they, as baseball goes, they didn't pay a huge price to acquire Mr. Shields. You know, Eric Johnson has the makings of a, a solid starting pitcher. I think he'll do better in the National League, and I don't think his future was with the White Sox rotation at this point. And Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, good bloodline. I've heard good things about him as a, you know, a, a very young, unproven player. He was an international signing. And the thing is, though, you know, they're all they're so young at that age that it's almost hard to project out. You know, and that very few, uh, unless you're a Julio Urias, you know, hard to project out for a guy at 17 whether he's going to be a major leaguer or maybe not even get out of AAA. So, you know, San Diego would take that chance, and San Diego likes the prospect they got. The Sox certainly weren't looking to get rid of him, but in the scheme of things, not giving up Tim Anderson or Carson Fulmer or Spencer Adams and getting you know a, a pitcher back like this was a very good move for the for the White Sox. Yeah, when you look at the the cost of, of pitching on the open market, uh, what their financial obligation here is is uh, pretty limited, obviously, um, and, and plays well, especially if he can give you that durability. And I, I said this. Yeah, last I, week I, I, should, I should throw that. I forgot that you know they're paying him. Of his salary, they're paying $5 million this year. They're paying $10 million next year, $10 million the year after that, and then they're on the hook for the $2 million buyout if they don't pick up his option at that point. So, you know, basically a good chunk of three seasons for $27 million, which a pitcher of that elk, that's 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 pretty reasonable for, you know, to, to make that, to commit that kind of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I said this last week, my only hang-up with Shields, especially on this team and this home park, is uh, – you know, big game James has been big fly James, uh, especially the last right. couple of years uh, with the home run rate, even pitching his home games in Petco Park. So I, I almost wonder if, because there are some, you know, big or bigger or fairer ballparks in the AL Central, uh, Detroit, Kansas City, Cleveland plays pretty fair. I, I almost wonder if they'll kind of tailor his schedule around that as best they can. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. That yeah, I, I agree with you that you know U.S. Cellular can play very small during the summer months, but there seems to be fewer and fewer uh, summer months, summer days as, as we go in Chicago here. And uh, yeah. as, as Navarro was joking the other day, you know, Deanna Navarro has caught him more than any other catcher in his career, and he said, uh, you know, he's lucky he missed April around here and parts of May <laughs> when it was like 45 degrees and rainy pretty much every day. Maybe not every day, but quite a few days. But yeah, I, I don't know if they're. I think they trust him, and if, you know, I, I think they'd rather have him keeping his style, challenging hitters, and you know, giving up a home run here and there, as opposed to start walking guys and you know, just picking around the zone. So, 
I think he's been around a lot of that. They know who he is. They know what he's about, and they're going to take the chances. But you're right. I mean, you know, they, you can, especially with the all-star break coming up and a few off days here and there, you can switch things around to kind of, you know, tailor it to, to make his schedule a little more conducive for his style. Um, with Shields in the rotation, uh, Matt Latos remains in the rotation as well, uh, and Miguel Gonzalez goes to the bullpen. Gonzalez actually had better numbers over the last month or so uh, than Latos. Latos had that great April and has since uh, fallen back considerably in the statistical department. So what went into that decision, Murph? Yeah, I don't think this is stamped as in, you know, this is it for the rest of the year, see in in October. I I think right now they just feel like Gonzalez is the better fit working out of the bullpen. Yeah, I think they have looked at Latos' overall body of work. And I think I I read in the MLB uh, network pregame notes that they're 8-2 and in games that he started. Even though, you know, he hasn't been great the last, uh, I guess, like six starts it is now. Awesome his first four, a little shaky the last six. But I think they just felt like as a better overall mix, Gonzalez worked better out of the bullpen, and Latos for now is going to be the fifth starter. And, again, you know, the same thing with Shields where he's coming in and you're not saying he's a, you know, a number one or number two guy. You know, Latos is now the fifth starter. And, again, I don't think Latos is going to go out there and say, well, I'm a fifth starter now, so I can do whatever. If I get five innings and three runs, that's a heck of a start. But I think the pre- the little, you know, the little even less pressure on him than there was at the start of the season. So th- that's how they like it right now. They already used Gonzalez out of the bullpen Sunday because they were still a little shorthanded. And I-, I think it's you know subject to change as they move on. I think if Latos goes out and let- let's use the bad hypothetical and pit- makes three starts and gets lit up in all three, I'm sure they can readjust and change things. Although you know Gonzalez will be working shorter amounts of time than he was the starter, obviously. Former Reds manager Jerry Naren used to say, not written in cement. So we'll uh <laughs> there you we'll go. That yeah, there was there was no uh there was no tick tock. This rotation spot is locked, as Rick said on the uh, conference call there. <laughs> um so you know things are going bad when uh even the stoppers in the rotation aren't aren't stopping things. The White Sox have a two uh record this going into Tuesday, they have a two and ten record in their last twelve. Six and eighteen over their last twenty-four, and uh, as you wrote, Merck, almost inexplicably, zero and eight during the last eight games started by Chris Sale and Jose Quintana. That's when you know things are askew at the moment. Yeah, I had to look at that twice just to make sure I wasn't like misadding the, the times when they started. But it, it's true. And again, we know what you know wins and losses mean individually for pitchers in a lot of cases. Sometimes you know they mean a little bit more, but. You know, Quintana lost the game one nothing when he faced Matt Harvey uh, a week ago Monday, and you know Sale had a game blown by the bullpen in that last game of the debacle in Kansas City. So we're certainly not saying that, you know, while Sale and Quintana probably haven't been as lights out as they were in April and the first part of May, it's not like they're letting down or they're getting knocked around the ballpark. It's just part of this weird funk the team is in, and you know, just you you know you can't assume a win obviously every time sale and Quintana go out there what are they going to make 33 starts either each one I should say I don't think the Sox penciled in 66 wins for those two guys taking the mound even Clayton Kershaw and Jake Arrieta lose once in a while and sale too for that matter but you can't go 0 and 8 when they start you you got to win you, know, you, you got to figure you're going to win what two thirds of the games and those two guys are on the mound and 0 and 8 isn't going to cut it and you know the other number to throw out there is. Uh, entering this weekend's play against the Royals, is first, our first. They're 0 and 9 in the last nine games against the AL Central, and that's three losses to Cleveland, three losses to Kansas City, and three losses just completed Detroit series. So that's a problem. Both, both are problems that I think you know Sale and Quintana will eventually correct itself. But 
0-9 in the AL Central just can't happen. You're you're not you're they're I think two eight and one in their last eleven series, 0-9 in the last nine games against the AL Central, and you know those trends continue. And they obviously you know let's be realistic, have no chance to contend if that's going to happen. What does all this mean for Robin Ventura? Where are we at with him right now? I I know the Sox believe in him. They believe he's a good manager. But you know what, Anthony, as you know from covering baseball for a long time, a lot of times people teams believe in end up losing their job because of the fact that, you know, players are not doing what they're supposed to. And, and again, the players believe in him. I think one of Robin's strongest suits is that he has a clubhouse that really responds to him and really plays for him. But, you know, he can't control a team blowing a 7-1 lead in the ninth inning. He can do some things to try and, you know, stop that, but he can't go out and throw pitches for guys. He can't control Jose Abreu, you know, having a slump this season. He can't control injuries. He can't control other offensive shortcomings on this team right now. And eventually, even if you can't control it, it can end up costing your job. So I, I don't think it's a move that we're going to, you know, go to the ballpark in the next day or two and hear about. But I, I do think, you know, if this slump, if, if 6 and 18 becomes something like, you know, 8 and 25, 8 and 26, you, you could see a change. And this is just a total hypothetical. You know, they're a very loyal team. It's been, I think Gene Lamont was the last White Sox manager that was let go in season, and that's a long time ago. Mm. But, you know, I, I do think that this is a team built to contend this year, and they really do believe that no one, as well as Cleveland's playing right now, no one is going to run away with that division. But in the same sense, you know, if you go to the all-star break and you're 500 or you're a game under and you're five back, you can you can handle that. You can make up that. If you go to the all-star break and you're seven under and ten back, you're, you're in a lot of trouble, and that's what they're trying to avoid at this point. Uh, one last thing, Mark, the draft takes place right. later this week. The White Sox have a prominent pick at number 10 overall, and, and beyond that, they've got three picks in, in the first 50 overall, uh, number 10, number 26, and number 49. This is also the first draft with Nick Hostetler uh, at the helm as White Sox Director of Amateur Scouting. What are they saying about this draft? I heard your name mentioned, but I, I heard you took yourself out of the running, though, right? You're not going to be eligible this year after all. I still got I still got college eligibility I want to use up. So, I got you. I got you. Now, I I think you know they're they're they always talk about and a lot of teams talk about the best player available, and I don't think it's purely just like the most raw talent. I think it's the best player, best fit for the organization. I know you know the guy. I would be almost certain they would take if he was available at ten is Corey Ray, who is the Outfielder for Louisville, talent, you know, talented kid you hear talk about being a 20, 20, 30, 30 guy if he pans out. And, of course, a truly homegrown product who played for the – cut his baseball teeth in the Amateur City Elite program at the White Sox, the White Sox run. Yeah. So we'll see if he gets to that 10 spot. You know, there's a catcher out of Miami, Zach Collins. Sox are always looking for that next catcher, which they have not been able to find so far. But I, I think it's all, you know, open. I, I mean – I point to, you know, two guys they have in their starting rotation right now. No one thought the year Chris Sale was drafted, which I believe was 2010, that he was going to be available at number 13. He was, so that changes things around. And even at number three, the Sox didn't think originally Carlos Rodon was going to be there. You know, they had other, they were looking at Aaron Nola at that spot if Carlos Rodon was going to be there. And Carlos Rodon fell to them, so they took him. So I think a lot depends on what happens before them. And I know they've worked on contingency plans for like 10 and 26. They're kind of looking at that together, such as, you know, we like this kid, but man, we really like this guy. So I think we can get this kid still at 26. So I, I think they're looking, they're putting all the scenarios together. I know Nick is, I've talked to Nick a number of times the last couple of months, let alone the last year preparing for this, or, you know, since they knew they had these picks. 
And, you know, he's raved about his staff and the job they've done. So I think they're ready. It should, as Rick Hahn said, it should be fun. As Nick Hostetler said last year, they made the first pick and then went for pizza because they lost the next couple with uh, the David Robertson and Melky Cabrera signing. But they're, they're going to be busy. They're going to be as busy as any team in baseball that first day this year. All right, there you have it, the latest from Merck. want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.